We have to pray for him to make sure he sticks on point. Yeah. Keeps it for three minutes. God, I thank you for Adair and just, just the joy it is to do a lot of life with him and all the blessings that we hear about in his life of worship to you. And so, God, will you open up our hearts as we hear from him? Will you bless what he's got to bring to us this morning? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Caroline. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I got to go to Wimbledon and I watched Roger Federer play, who is my favourite player, with my mother. It was a wonderful time. And if you don't know him, he's very good at hitting a small ball into a box. Uh, and when he did one of these amazing points, both me and my mum were like, yeah, that's amazing. He's so great. And I reflected on the way back home. Was I worshipping Roger Federer? <laughs> I hope not. But it, it struck me that when, when something amazing happens, it's an overflow of my heart to, to say, that's great, that's so awesome. And God is so much more great and awesome than a man who can hit a little fluffy ball. Uh, and I suppose worship for me means appreciating um, the goodness of God. And it means ascribing worth to something, ascribing worth to God for who he is. Uh, now, I um, lost the message from Caroline that said what I should t tell you about this morning. So I thought it said, share for three minutes on how I worship at work. So that's what I'll do for the remainder of my time. Um, initially, I thought, I'm not sure what I could come up with. But I have 11 points, so I better get on with it. The first one is this. I spend a lot of time commuting, and that can be dead time, or it can be time that is, that is useful. And sometimes I spend that time sleeping. I commute by train, not driving. Uh, but sometimes I would spend it listening to teaching about God or listening to worship music. Uh, actually, I particularly love Christmas music all year round. Uh, and partly that's because I like the music, but partly it's because it's expectant of the coming of God's kingdom, the coming of Jesus. Um, and that, for me, is, is a special time. I always like to pray as my working day starts uh, that God will give me wisdom, that God will give me the stuff that I need, the discipline to do my job. Um, and I suppose it's inviting him into my day. And, and doing that, uh, for me, acknowledges that it's his strength that's going to be good at stuff. It, it's not my strength. Um, over my lunch breaks, uh, I love to read a few verses of the Bible. Um, I normally have lunch on my own, which is not thrilling. Um, but it does mean that I have some time to myself. And I carry a Bible on my telephone. Uh, and I, I love to read. At the moment, I'm reading 1 Peter, um, which is confusing. Um, but that's a chance that God can speak to me and, and I can make time for him. Um, I love to speak God's truth over people um, with positivity and encouragement. Uh, and, and that, for me, is speaking God's worth for them, his creation. Uh, and I particularly like to do it for people who don't have a lot of encouragement necessarily or don't, um, don't have people around them that, that, can, that can give them that. Uh, I employ one person and I pay her to pray for me. And that's um, <laughs> great. We pray together and we pray for our work. She's also a Christian. Um, and partly that is actually saying God's view comes first. You know, this is, I run a business. It's a business that it makes money because if it doesn't, then that's the end of my job. But actually, that's not the purpose of it. 
And I was reminded of, as, as we were worshipping earlier, of the beginning of Genesis, when God gave people the chance to work and he called them to name the animals and do all that before the fall. And that's part of God's plan. When we get to the new earth and the new heaven, we will still be working, um, which will be a good thing in that context. Uh, And I was reminded that when God was asking Adam and Eve to name the animals, at the end of the day, he didn't say, well done, here are six grapes and one radish, that's your wages. You know, that's not God's way of working. And we're working for different reasons. Um, I like to try and involve God in in strategic decisions, important things about uh, what it is that's going on. Um, and try and look to make choices that push God's values in work. And that can be everything as simple as deciding to always have a long lunch hour because actually with God, productivity doesn't come from relentlessness. Um, There's something about work and rest that is God's values. And in doing that, in choosing to have a long lunch hour, not only is it enjoyable, but for me, I believe that 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 ascribes worth to God who is the provider. Um, Three final points. Firstly, uh, honoring God in my speech and and trying to speak well of him to others um, when that opportunity comes. It's not always appropriate in my job to wear an I Love Jesus t-shirt to work, um, but faith does come up in conversations, um, and I look for chances um, when people see something good in me to say, hey, this is where it comes from. This is the root of the goodness. Um, I like to try and be good at my job because I think doing, doing something well is and diligently Um, is something of God. God is good. That is part of his character. And finally, uh, my work itself is intrinsically honoring to God. So the fields that I work in, um, you know, I work in education and I work in justice. And both of those things are are things that God values. And God values nurturing, he values creativity, he values fairness um, and righteousness. Um, And as I do those, those are not just jobs for me but those are opportunities to ascribe worth to the person who is truly good, the person who is truly just. Thank you. Great. Some special news, guys. (laughs) Uh, Helen's coming to speak to us next, so I get the lovely job of holding Rosie while she speaks. Let's pray for Helen. God, thank you so much for Helen and this stage of life that she's out raising two amazing kids for you. I pray that you will bless her, bless her sleep, bless her as she brings uh, some inspiration to us and open up our hearts to hear what you're saying through it. Amen. Got no pressure now after Adair. He's really good at this talking malarkey. Um, and mine is going to be nothing like as good, unfortunately. Um, but he's going to have to deal with it. So as Caroline said, my name's Helen. And as some of you know, and she's already mentioned, you pinched the whole of my first paragraph. <laughs> I've got two children. I've got Bertie, who we finally managed to get outside, who's two. And Rosie, who is now seven weeks old. And I'm going to talk a little bit about worship in my life. So in preparation... I started to reflect on the different ways I like to worship for the few days prior to trying to write anything formal. And I reflected on how, as a child, I grew up in a musical family, and so worship was very much about sung worship and, being, and playing music. And then I went off to university. I studied marine biology, 
and I spent hours looking down microscopes at seaweeds and animals and going out on the beach at hours that I forgot existed and looking at God in that and how amazing and wonderful he was. So I sat down and I started to think about what I was going to say and before I'd finished my first sentence, Rosie started to cry and she wanted another feed and she'd only have one about an hour before. So I started to continue writing whilst feeding a baby, which was promptly followed by winding the baby, which was promptly followed by changing a dirty nappy. And I ended up trying to write this talk whilst I was cuddling Rosie one-handedly. And as I wrote, it really struck me how much that mirrored my life at the moment. Worship in our house is interrupted and messy. But it's also an awful lot of fun. I've been learning that like every stage with a baby, every season is short, and how worship looks will change every few hours, days, or weeks. And I'm going to quickly, I haven't got a day as 11 points, I've got three, because I think all good talks have three points. And I'm going to just tell you about some of the stages of what worship's looked like since having Bertie. So firstly, there are the bad days with fussy kids, no sleep, and worship just seems to be this frantic thank you prayers, help prayers, um, and a massive reminder that we have a God that is full of grace, and he's okay with those kinds of prayers being that day, and that if I'm looking after my kids and I'm looking after them as best I can, that is still an act of worship to him. Secondly, I'm going through my points quite quickly. Um, When Bertie was younger, some of you might know he was not a very good sleeper. And I found that worship was something that was happening in those really hard parts of the day with him and night. Um, So I started seeing worship songs in the middle of the night. And those worship songs were the ones that I'd learned as a child, that the words were completely ingrained in my memory and didn't really matter if I was sleep deprived to remember them. And during nap time, I'd play worship songs on my phone as I bounced him around the room in a sling. And it changed the atmosphere of the room. Bertie might not be sleeping, because he generally still wouldn't, but I felt much more peaceful, and I knew that God was with me in those times. And finally, what worship looks like a little bit now. I'm sure I'm going to go through those of the stages with Rosie quite a lot still. Um, Worship is an opportunity to share, predominantly with Bertie, but also Rosie. At bedtime, we encourage Bertie to think about his day and say thank you for the things he likes and enjoys. So we have lots of prayers and thank yous for cars, books, and his friends at nursery. We also play a quiet worship song as we give him his final bedtime cuddle. We also spend some time most days watching worship videos on YouTube and joining in, either playing Bertie's drum and shaker or doing actions to songs or dancing around. And Bertie now makes regular requests for the Tractor Song, which is also known as Rescuer by Wren's Collective, or the Lion Song, better known as King of Me by Wren's Co-Kids. That's a really good one if you want something fun. Um, I love the fact that it's now not just me worshipping, but it's something that Bertie's beginning to take an active role in. It's fun, and it reminds me of the freedom from worshipping with your whole body as you dance around, and the joy that comes from that. So, I've had my three points. I'm just going to finish with a couple of final thoughts. 
very short ones. Um, I know that worship at this moment is for a season, and the next season is never going to be far away. I'm sure that we're going to find new ways of worshipping both individually and as a family, and that's going to allow us to find more ways to experience God's grace. And Caroline's managed very well with a baby. I'm done. It's been so good to her so far. Thanks, Adair and Helen. Sophie. So Sophie is a student here. Are you in your second year? Is that right? And uh, when I say here, I actually mean at Warwick University, not at this church. But, you know, let's pray for you. God, thank you so much for Sophie and the things that you've revealed to her about her life of worshipping you. Pray that you'll pour out your spirit on her as she brings a word to us and open our hearts to hear what you're saying. Amen. Yep. Hi, I'm Sophie. (laughs) Um, I study engineering, which means I spend a lot of time in lectures and doing work outside of that. Um, But yeah, I do also worship God. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I do it all the time, really. I try. Um, So when I was thinking about worship in everyday life, I found it helpful to kind of try and make a list to figure out actually what what that looked like for me. Um, So here goes. I'll share some of my thoughts. Um, so it's things like when I see a heron um, in the dark on my way back from campus after lectures when I've reached the highest point of my cycle ride and I know it's basically all downhill from here when it's warm and dry inside while it's tipping down outside when God shows me exactly how much water can come out of the sky at once when I'm trying to make my way to a lecture And when I finally understand something that the lecturer has been banging on about for about 30 minutes, more often than not, it's not when I'm singing, um, although it is, I do do worship through singing as well, but usually it's something in me, it's, it's my heart, that in the moment I turn it towards God and I can worship him. Um... It's kind of the the moment that you go, oh, wow, look how big God is. Look at what he's done. Look at who he is. It's the God who's made the heron, and and it's put it there for me to see. It's the God who's given me a body that's capable of making it up the hill, however much effort it takes, however out of breath I am when I reach the top. It's the God who's given me this warm, dry place that I can call home, that I can sit in and look out the window at the pouring rain. It's the God that made the rain and told it to rain exactly on me as I'm trying to make my way to my lecture. Um, And it's the God who's given me the mind to appreciate what's going on in said lecture. Um, And he's given the lecture the knowledge and the skills to transfer that to me. I can worship God because he is so much bigger than everything else in my life. Um, I can worship him because he's given me everything in my life and the, the ability to appreciate that. 
I can worship God because he's with me all the time. And there's no time in my life when he's not worthy of worship. So that's it from me, because I do it all the time. Super. Carolyn. Carolyn has been here many, many years. In fact, Carolyn joined here as a student, didn't you, as well? So probably been here longer than most of us, and uh, I'm really excited to hear what you've got to bring to us this morning. Thank you, God, for Carolyn. Thank you for the love that she has sown into this church. Thank you for all the things that you've revealed to her as well about a life of worship. And I pray that you will open up our hearts to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying through Carolyn's words this morning. Amen. Thank you. This is about topping and tailing the day with God. Like a green bean, you know? Um, After Oliver and I had been married a little while, he had a complaint. Just the one. Um, He said, you're a lark, I'm an owl, so you like to get up before I do, that's fine. But you steam off into the day without a backward glance, and I might as well not be here. Oops. (laughs) So, of course, after that, I made sure that I gave him a good morning kiss, hello, I'm still here, you're still here, we still love each other, thank you for being here. And then I'd steam off into the day. (laughs) Um, It's a bit like that with my time with God. I think my morning session with him is like a good morning kiss. Hello, good morning, I'm still here, you're still here, thank you. I read my bit of Bible at the kitchen table over breakfast Um, usually on my second cup of tea. It's good to have a bit of ritual. Um, I read the notes that are accompanying it, and I say to myself, what is odd here? What haven't I understood? What is God trying to say to me? Um, Sometimes I know, and sometimes I don't. Um, Then I pray a bit about the passage, um, I pray for my day coming up and um, I pray for someone who really needs God's help that day. In the evening, it's quite different. Um, My lodger, Shanice, and I light a candle at 10 p.m. or thereabouts on the kitchen table. It always seems to happen at the kitchen table. Um, And we each think a bit about what's gone on in the day. Um, This is called um, Ignatian spirituality. It's called the examine, which is a posh word, meaning really just looking back on the day. Um, So we each think of a desolation. That's a funny word, isn't it? Um, It means something that's upset you or something that's taken your life drained you, boring. Um, That's a desolation. And then you think of a consolation, something that's really excited you. 
enlivened you, made you very happy. So we each share one desolation and one consolation. And then we pray for each other. And then we blow the candle out and go to bed. So my morning and evening um, topping and tailing is not very long. It's not very deep. But it does happen every day. Because a loving relationship is for every day. Isn't it? Thank you. Stevie. So Stevie is a member of staff here, also was a student here, <laughs> um, but is also getting married on Saturday. So Stevie's life is full. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to pray for you now. God, I thank you so much for Stevie, and we pray that you will bless her this week. God, that even in all the things to organize and to get ready to go off and have a honeymoon as well and get married, we pray that you will be in each moment of that, that she will feel your presence. And God, we just look forward to what she's got to bring us to us this morning. Will you open up our hearts to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying through it? Amen. Thanks, Caroline. So as we've been hearing, worship in everyday life looks like so many different things. Um, But for me, as long as I've been a follower of Jesus, song worship has been a place of encounter for me. It's been a place where I've heard God's voice, um, where I can come in joy, where I can come in heartbreak. And it's where I've experienced so much just healing and goodness and experienced the presence of God. And... And I think that makes sense to me because we read in Revelation that worship is the activity of heaven. There are angels circling the throne, crying, holy is the Lord. And when we sing, we get to join in with that. Um, And so all all throughout my journey with Jesus, I've looked for different ways of, of singing to God. And sometimes that is just singing along to a CD or Spotify or whatever, um, and a little while ago, I tried to teach myself the guitar, but found that my hands weren't really big enough to get around the chords. So I, was sort of, I just felt a little bit limited, really. I, couldn't, I could sing along to someone else's worship, but there was a lack of freedom, almost, in being able to sing to God myself and to make music myself. Um, but then a couple of years ago, I moved into the vicarage. Um, David and Caroline were on sabbatical, and so I had this big empty house to myself with this beautiful piano. And I decided that I would teach myself how to play the piano. So I dusted off all my theory knowledge, because um, I'd never played the piano before, and I worked out how to plonk my way around some chords. And that has been a place of real joy for me. I can. I can't, it's, it's plonking, um, it's not very fancy, but I can just shut myself in the music room and I can just sing to my saviour. I can sing how much I love him. I can come and worship and in the middle of the day when I'm stuck on some gnarly work problem, I can run home and play the piano and, and just sing and just worship. And in some ways it's, it's a sacrifice for me because... I'm not very good, and I like being excellent. Um, But I can just come. I can just come and make music and sing to my king. 
Thanks, Stevie. So, last but no means least, Cliff. I'm excited to hear what you've got to say to us this morning. Um, so, Cliff has been here how many years now? Two or three. Two or three. Um, and he entered retirement while he was with us. So, I think you've been doing some new things whilst doing that, haven't you? Um, but let's pray for you and see what God's got to say to us. God, I thank you so much for Cliff and the gift of art and creativity that you've put in his life. God, I pray that you will bless whatever he's prepared this morning with you. And will you open up our hearts to hear what you're saying through it. Amen. Thank you. Those of you who know me will know that I'm passionate about drawing, painting, and computer modeling. I started technical drawing on the drawing board uh, in the early 70s, and I've never stopped. And in those days, we imported some set squares from America because they were the best on the market. They came with slight edge illumination, and I still use these most days. Now, in my art, I'm celebrating my love of beauty, color, and stillness. And I try and endeavor in the way I paint um, to represent these things so that when people look at my pictures, maybe they themselves will feel the beauty or experience the stillness. When the Holy Spirit fills me, I experience inner stillness. Mayhem may be going on around me and noise, but inside I'm, I'm home, I'm enveloped. Imagine an underground lake. And as I paint, I receive from God, but I also give back to God and worship God because the joy that I feel as I'm creating, I return to him in thanksgiving because he has a color palette that has no end and his cre creativity is endless. Now, as I close, I'd like to finish with, um, when I share my pictures, I sometimes add thoughts and readings to them. So I'd like to finish with an example of this, with this picture that I painted this summer, which is the inner cloisters at Barcelona Cathedral. So I'd like you just to watch, look at this picture and just listen to these words and see if there's anything that strikes a chord or anything that God speaks to you about. The reading's called It's Time. It's time to step away from the rush, to move away from the noise, to really feel the dappled sunshine, to listen to the gothic silence. It's time to restore your soul with still waters, to refresh your imagination with revivalist architecture, to accept the light and shade in your life, to receive what your spirit is telling you. It's time. Thank you. Wasn't that great? Just like there was something in there, I think, for everyone, at any stage of life. And I think the thing that stands out for me is just everybody's expression of worship is just so different. 
It looks so different. And so we can be released in that. We haven't got to, our worship life doesn't have to look like everybody else's worship life. We get to work that out with God on the way. You know, because the thing that God actually wants of us in our worship is our heart. It's our turning to him. It's not a set pattern or a set thing because he's created us all to be so different, hasn't he? And so we get to respond to him out of who he's made us to be in our worship. And so what I'd like us to do is just to, we're just going to stop for a minute and we're just going to allow Holy Spirit to just maybe highlight something that you heard in one of these talks this morning that you'd like to take away, maybe have a go at, try out. So let's just wait on Holy Spirit and see if anything just pops into your head or your heart. 